Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. We have a bit of a maths problem for you here this evening. Can you figure this one out? A Brazilian footballer, uh, Vieira de Souza, has split up with his wife. He has had three kids with his first wife they were going out for 10, 12 years. Yeah. He has now hooked up with his wife's, his ex-wife's niece. Yeah. And now he's having a baby with the ex-wife's niece. <laughs> so how are his kids from his first family and marriage related to his new baby that's on the way with the niece? Yeah. So definitely half brothers and sisters. Yeah. We've established that. But also they will be cousins. But they won't be first or second. They'll be first cousins or second cousins once removed or something I think they'll be first cousins no I don't think they will because I'm so confused I'm so confused cousins and half siblings and the ex would be a great aunt to the new baby no the ex wouldn't be wait I'm trying to think oh the ex would because the ex is still related to the kid yeah oh wow oh wow keeping it in the family is what that's doing because you have to think about your cousin, right? Your cousin, your cousin has kids. Yeah. So it's not not first cousins once removed. Their kids would be first cousins once removed, because second cousins would be like my mom's cousin. I I'm, I don't know how this is happening. Right, I'm just trying to think. Right, if my dad got with my cousin, my dad got with my cousin. No, no if your dad got with your your, no one's getting with your cousin. <laughs> if your dad got. Sorry, if your dad did get with your cousin. Yeah, yeah, my dad got my cousin and had a kid. My cousin. It's all kind of wrong. Hang on, is there no? No. Well, I wouldn't be anything to my cousin's child. Anyway. Would I? Oh, this is so confusing. <laughs> it's not It's not advisable. I wouldn't go down this road. Just for the, the awkwardness of Christmas and how horribly... Like, for the kids, like, are you a cousin? Are you the sister or brother? Let me write this down. So there's... You? I'm going to write a little stick man here on the page. This oh, is D'Souza. I'm so, bad. I'm so bad at maths. And the first the first wife, okay? And then they have they have three kids. Right? I'm going to do this like the Kin family tree that was released. <laughs> Kin, one, two, and three... Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. And then the wife. So let's say it's the wife's sister. Yeah. And she has a daughter. A daughter. Yeah. Who's the niece? Yeah. And now the husband is married. Is popping one out with the niece. <laughs> so now there's another baby. So oh god. Yeah. So the cousins. 
there's some kind of odd... My, my, my chart doesn't really work too well. No. This isn't making any sense. So this is this this is the sister, and then this this. Um, he's going out with the niece, so he's going out with his sister's. He's going out with his wife's sister's kid. Yeah, Grant. Again, there's no blood. There's no blood there. That's fine. It's no, weird, but no it's blood fine. There at all. He he was probably around when she was young, and that's weird. But sorry, that's yeah. I suppose the 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 ex-wife yeah is related by blood to his new kid. As you said, he's the great aunt. Yeah. How how messed up would you be if that's happened to you? Like I don't know if they broke up amicably, or it maybe wasn't. He's a footballer. I'm not trying to tar all footballers with the same brush and say the fame and the power and the women throwing themselves at them constantly yeah. makes them difficult to live with. And he just went and wanted to get his hole somewhere else with a younger. I mean, he he came out and said he did say um, at the bottom here. He has claimed, I never had a relationship with Camilla when I was married. I was not happy in my marriage. I had countless reasons. Camilla came to China. I don't think I'm an ugly person and I'm young. Camilla is young and extremely beautiful. We ended up getting involved. We were single. Fine, yeah. There you go. I'm, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with... Oh no, there's a lot wrong with this relationship. Huge amount, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, that there was no... We're not suggesting there was any sort of adultery going on no, here. No, I'm just no. trying to figure out how all of his... How his new child with... His new woman fits into the mix. Half brothers and sisters, half siblings. But also, they're related in some way. Half siblings and also first cousins once removed. Cousins, if my cousin... Yeah, if your cousin had a baby. Yeah. It's your first cousin once removed. Or is it your second cousin? I think it's first. So maybe it's first cousin once removed. So there'll be first cousins... So there'll be cousins and brothers and and half siblings as well. Yeah. And his ex is a great aunt. His ex is a great aunt to his baby. Oh my god. Like that's that would sting, wouldn't it? If it was a bad breakup, if the shit was hitting the fan, if you were trying to move on and then you're like, now via blood, you were always connected because your grandniece yeah. is yeah. Like there's no getting rid of him. 
No. You know, like if he goes off and finds a younger woman somewhere, grand, she doesn't have to deal with that. I know. But now they go to family gatherings. She's there. If you're all there, happy Like, that's weird. Oh, that's the other thing. Like, at Christmas. But no, no, Dave is after uncovering another issue to this. If your dad got with your cousin and married her, your cousin will become your stepmother. When your cousin slash stepmother has a baby, it'll be your cousin's stepbrother or sister. Yeah, that's what we're trying to figure out. But yeah, good point. So now the niece has become, if they marry, the niece will have, your cousin is now your stepmother. Also, now... Ooh. The ex-wife's sister is yep. a granny yep. to your husband's child. She is a granny. Yeah. So your sister, who had that niece, who's now with your husband, she's now a granny yeah. to your ex-husband's Kid. child. That's weird. It's too confusing. That, that's so weird. It's too confusing. I thought like the Kin family tree was difficult. I thought Dark was uh, that Netflix series was difficult. This is even more. My God. I just. I can't see for his own sake. When you break up with someone, yeah, you want to cut all the ties. You want to cut all for, of the ties for both people. Yeah, because any reminder of what happened, yeah. it'd make it difficult to move on. Yeah, you want just to closure. Close that book and go, right, let's open a new one and uh, away from that person. Exactly. But no, you can't because they're at Christmas dinner. Such a mess. Such a... Like, here's the other thing, right? Like, can you imagine now... The wedding. But, like, one of your sisters has a son. Yeah? Really? And then your fiancé runs off with him. Oh, my God. And has a baby. (laughs) Then you get invited to the wedding. And you're like, what? If they get married, who, who do they invite? I sure invite everyone. But like, that's what I mean. That would be horrible. Actually, you're better off just getting married on your own. Elope. You're going to have to elope on that one. Who is he going to go for next? Well, we got to look a little bit further than the family tree again and go, right, he has gone from the sister's child to maybe there's a brother. Maybe his brother's. Could he go with his brother? No, he His brother's that. wife, yeah. His brother's wife's sister's kid. Because again, not... Blood related. Blood related. I was going to so say his fine. brother's kid. I was like, no, that's incest. He definitely couldn't do that. Can't do that, no. No, not. we're not up for the old incest here. But yeah, true story, Brazilian footballer, Vieira de Souza. Um, he's very young as well, isn't he? 35? He's younger than that. He said he's 32, 3. No, no, that's the ex. Oh, sorry, yeah. 35 year old. Sorry, 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 you're dead right. I, I love the way he says, by the way, that, um, you know, she's young and beautiful, as if his ex wasn't young. I mean, she has Th- This three new kids. lady is 30, 32 and his ex is 33. Yeah. It's the year between them. <laughs> and the picture they put up, I can't. Gotta, gotta do it on Insta. I love it. Anyway, it'll be an interesting, complicated family reunion it, slash yeah. everything else. Zero Fs given. Yeah, more information on that up on fm104.ie if you want to want to check it out. Um, he is now playing over in the Chinese Super League. Probably making a massive amount of money as well. So she's got her fingers in there and got the job done. Happy it's probably, days. It's probably good away from to good location for him to stay at. Do you know what I mean? Away, away from, from the, the rest family. Of the family. Yeah. Yeah. That's just. It's very intense. <laughs> But you know what else? He doesn't need to, um, or she doesn't need to introduce him to the family because they know that awkwardness is gone. But wouldn't that be like when you're talking to your extended family and you're like, oh yeah, no, what? No, he's with the niece now. 
What? No, he what he's he he's he separated, but he's going out with her niece. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> just don't ask questions, Auntie May. Just please go with this. They'd be really confused as well. So confused. And every time I you wonder have to they're say probably it. all sitting around trying to do the maths as well. Yeah, they're all here with us. Probably have a hopefully have a better graph than me because I'm trying to figure it all out. But there you go. That's happening over in China slash Brazil at the moment. Uh, info up on the website as well. Uh, flying car, flying car racing, I should say, could be coming to Dublin sooner rather than later. There's a company called Airspeeder.com who will be doing, who have built flying race cars already. Uh, interview with uh, one of their head guys coming up shortly. Fred again. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104. It's Cormac and Sir here on Room 104. Just chatting about that mad story coming out of. Uh, Brazil, just a little bit of an awkward family situation. Uh, footballer, you might know him. Um, he's over in Ch- playing football in China now. Brazilian, uh, uh, Vieira de Souza. He known as also known as the Hulk, but he left his wife of twelve years and hooked up with her niece, and is now expecting a child with her niece. And we were just trying to figure out the family dynamics there. That his new child with the niece. Oh, he's married to her now. He is married to the niece. Yeah, and sorry, David, not Denise. It's the niece. The niece, yeah. Which just adds to the complications of the whole thing as well. We're just trying to figure out what way the family tree works then. His new child with his new wife is blood related to his ex-wife. How are the children related? They're all yeah. cousins once removed. Yeah. The ex-wife is now the grand-auntie of the child. Yeah. Imagine hanging out with your sister, right? And you're talking about your kids. Yep. And she is turning around saying, Oh, yeah. I am granny to your ex husband's child. Yeah. Great crack. Like, what? There's, listen, stranger stuff has happened in this country. I'd say so 100% And the neighbours know all about it Uh, Anyway We'll be giving you another chance Tomorrow night on the show To get yourself in F104's Pimp My Gaff competition If you cannot wait till then Head on over to our Instagram If you'd like to be in With a chance to win A home makeover Worth about 15 grand So you can do up Get new couches Get a beautiful recliner The one thing I would do Is if I won this competition From Des Kelly Interiors I would get The dirty big black recliner that I've not been allowed get because I'm just like no no we're winning this and I'm putting it bang in the middle of the front room in front of the TV I don't care if no one else can see but I'm getting it well she couldn't say no she couldn't say no this is the type you can get all the stupid shit that you're told no we did stupid I'd get one of those big fluffy rugs you know the expensive ones because they're always far too expensive that you end up getting the kind of not so good version I know yeah and then you're sad about it yeah Anything that you want, you've got 15 grand to spend in Des Kelly Interiors. Do up the gaff. Your next chance, tomorrow morning with Jim Jim and I'll be on the Trouble Alarm Clock. But right, if you can't wait, head on over to our Instagram right now and there is a post up there that you can enter there as well and increase your chances of winning. Job done. Happy days. On the way next, flying racing cars. They could be coming to Dublin sooner rather than later. They're real. They exist right now at the minute, but there could be a Formula One of flying racing cars. We'll be chatting to Stephen from airspeeder.com. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104. Cormac and Saoirse here. And you know what? You see these things in, in movies from years ago, but the future is now. Flying racing cars. They're, they're not a thing of fantasy. They're not a thing that's like years away. They're happening now. 
And joining us on the line to talk about one, flying racing cars, two, how this is all going to work, flying racing car series that you're going to be hooked on in your TV to, <laughs> in years to come, probably sooner rather than later. We're delighted to welcome from airspeeder.com, uh, the company Airspeeder making these. Stephen Sidlow, sir, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, Stephen, we're really good. Now, is this going to take over Formula One? So, yeah, we're, we're two things. Um, we have created... Um, flying vehicles or flying cars um, based out of Australia. It's a company called Alauda Aeronautics. Those are four-metre-length octocopters. They uh, travel between 100 and 200 kilometres per hour. They they are highly dynamic. Um, they move in in, in, in 3D and in, in different directions, so they're much more nimble than a, than a plane or a helicopter. Um, they are fully electric, and we've created them. Uh, and the reason for creating them is that um, we're all moving towards a more of a urban, uh, mobile uh, world in the future, but also because it's really cool, because who, who, everybody wants a flying car. But also there's a gap. There's a gap in the market where, you know, you have air taxis coming to market. You also have um, drone delivery systems, you know, uh, you know, drop your lunch off in your garden when you're working from home at some point, I'm sure. Um, but nobody's really creating a flying car for, you know, potential personal use. Dude, where's my flying car? Gets always asked on Twitter if you just type it in. But uh, what we've done is create uh, an urgency around bringing that to market. And that's what Airspeeder is. It is creating a competition between flying vehicles that they're able to compete and push that technology further and faster and herald a new new age of of uh, your own personal flying vehicles in the sky so yeah we've created both the vehicle the sport coming to market yeah there's it's insane it's absolutely nuts what, what you guys are doing and yeah i wanted to ask you so obviously there's the race series where the professionals are going to be going head to head and sorting that out but ultimately someday i might have a flying car sitting out in my backyard or in my drive ultimately yeah so do i <laughs> so um and the only way we're really going to get there is um is through competition so there's no urgency so you know we all grew up you know didn't we watching um uh, Blade Runner and and, and 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 Tron and all the rest of it, um, and you know even further back, depending on how old you are with the Jetsons. But um, we, you know, we're still asking that age-old question: is you know, where's my flying car? Even I, I grew up with you know Back to the Future, and you know, you kind of always imagine that one day you'll be able to at least you know pilot one. And all that seems to be being discussed is um, is air taxis and drone delivery systems. Rightly so, and we should bring those through. But there's no one really pushing that that uh, that need for your own personal vehicle and ours are personal the pilots themselves will need to train in in really difficult environments they have to push them to the extremes we want the technology to be at that breaking point and it will all mean that in the future we'll all get to to have our own um, our own vehicle which is you know we want it as as um, as easy as, as getting into your own car can you just explain what these cars actually look like? Because when I saw a picture of them, they were completely different in my head to what I thought they'd look like. Um, here's our shameless plug now. Uh, head over to Instagram always um, and um, have a look. <clears throat> but yeah, they are, um, for your listeners, um, they, yeah, they are four metre, you know, 4.1 metre length octocopters. They have eight rotors on them, four four motors inside uh, electric there's a cockpit as well um the pilot on board um you know in in air speeder they will come from a range of backgrounds so motorsport or extreme sports or um, military and they will have a hood 
a helmet on with a HUD display system in taking in telemetry data. So they were able to make decisions based on uh, the telemetry that's fed into them. Um, but the vehicles are very sleek. They're based on they're based on racing vehicles. We wanted to we wanted to show we wanted to create and design a vehicle that echoes supercars, but mainly on motorsport as well. So you'll see there that you know we've taken inspiration from um, Bugatti and and Ferrari with the creation of the vehicle. And yeah, I think they look really smart. And that's our Mark III iteration. It will it will um, go into a Mark IV in the new year where they will become a little bit bigger, but the, uh, they will be similar uh, similar to, to yeah. what it looks like there. Um, yeah, and it's kind of like you've taken the middle of a Formula One car and where the wheels would be are the, like, the, the, the drone blades, so to speak. So there's no obviously wheels on it. The, the drone blades, the quadcopter style thing are, are around it. Just on the the race and Stephen as well, right? How will you envision envision the um, the race is taking place? Like, are, is it going to be like Formula One, where all twenty flying cars go off at the one time, or is it time trialed, or how will that work? Oh, this is exciting bit. So, yes, we are going to we're looking at doing ten um, speeders within the next twelve to um, eighteen months, um, and yeah, circuit racing in the sky, um, and a whole manner of locations. So, over the sea in canyons in deserts over treetops and over cities and uh, my personal favorite i want to do a race in the arctic huh. um the ambition is quite high um the remote nature of it you know h- helps us um talk about the limited footprint that we have and sustainability so we're able to race anywhere so it will look quite amazing as opposed to a um, a, a concrete uh, street grid but um, so yeah, the, the it, it will be quite awesome. Um, the other element to this is the exciting part. You've got ten speeders in the air in close proximity to one another than you would with traditional um, airplanes um, or drones. But at that point, we want to bring people uh, who are watching it into the sport a lot closer. So the filming cameras or the filming drones. Uh, will be in close proximity to the speeders. You'll get a very close-up view. If you've ever watched drifting uh, FPV videos on YouTube, you'll know how close they get to drifters. That's the experience that we want. But also it's the track. So with those locations, it's quite, you know, the Arctic's quite barren and the deserts are quite barren. So we need to bring in an AR and XR, VR experience to that. So the tracks will be lit up. If you've played the game Wipeout, you'll know what I mean. Mm. So this track will be, they'll be immersive and you'll be able to watch it on, um, yeah, your, your garden variety headset, your your um, your VR headset uh, and and feel more immersed and, and part of, of the race as opposed to uh, passive on the couch watching Formula One or Formula E or others. Sounds very cool. Uh, how long can they stay in the air for at any one time? Um, we've got around 15 minutes to a charge, um, but... You know, we want to bring in sort of um, you know a, a quick release. We have built in a quick release system for the battery, so we're able to go again, which means that we're able to utilize things like pit stops. So it has that element of um, motorsport there as well, and it means that uh, with short short races, um, I think you know we're, we're looking at um, distances of or, or tracks of one point five to two kilometers long. Um, we're able to do quick quick races, uh, which is a lot more action and. Yeah, we just keep keep the intensity of the race uh, with with those sort of fifteen minute intervals, uh, but with ten speeders in the air at one time, with all the with all the excitement and all the um, overlay information from both telemetry and the 
XR experience, it will be quite a, uh, an amazing eye spectacle. <laughs> um, it sounds like it is going to be amazing, but it sounds very, very dangerous as well. Like, are the 10, obviously, pilots, are there going to be manned flights that you'll be taking place? And, like, what safety precautions have you looked at for the pilots if there is a, a crash midair? Yeah, with quite a lot. So you may have seen in June, July, we launched uh, our EXA series, which is a development series ahead of Air Speeder in 2022, which is the crude racing series. We're doing an, a remotely piloted series first this yeah. year because we want to get the safety right first, you know, before we put we put humans on board. And we have to just learn how the how the vehicles move. So that's one. We so we've just opened up a pilot program where we train people within a simulator, and we're going to create a bit of a mini competition around that as well. Pilot program is open on the website. You can sign up if you want to be a pilot. Uh-huh. You're already into FP into FPV, and you can help train future pilots in that world. So there you go. Um, and then the other part of, of of safety system is obviously using machine intelligence as well as artificial intelligence and um, uh, machine learning and looking at ways that we can improve uh, safety systems for the entire industry. So drone delivery systems need things like object detection and awareness. They also need things like um, uh, collision avoidance systems. We're building that all in our standard. So that means that we can get up close and personal with your competitor and do overtakes, but have a um, underbelly of, of machine learning um, safety systems behind it. We also have backup, so we have things like uh, Halo, and we also have things like um, uh, rapid deployment of, of parachutes. But only as we we have uh, umpteen amount of safety systems on board for the safety of the pilot. But this is what we're doing within EXA. So if you want to follow the journey, head over to us on social. But EXA is called um, EXA for External Aviator, which means we have a we have um, we have a almost a uh, a robotic um, core inside the vehicle. And an interesting point about safety is that the pilots will be controlling the vehicles from a ground-based cockpit. So the they're not going to be stood on the sidelines with a little RC controller. They'll be, going to, they'll be in a cockpit that will have actuators and a VR headset, and they'll be able to see what the speeder sees, so FPV, complete FPV of these, of these large uh, speeders. And they will be controlling them over 5G infrastructure on those locations. But it will just give us the information on how they move together, how, how close we get them together, and yeah, make it as safe as possible ahead of Airspeeder coming to market. And when are you hoping then that the first race takes place? Um, well, we have a um, we have a number of races um, behind closed doors at the moment. So we have a first drag race in three weeks. That's between two speeders, um, which we'll start to shout about in a, in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But next year, from next year, we'll start to announce the teams and we'll announce who the pilots are for, for EXA and the teams involved there. And that means that we can then kick on with three events. And we've always we've always said that the first three we want to do a season of three international events, one in the US one in the Middle East and one in Australia. Um, and it's just about looking in a time. And I think once we get past, once we hire in the, the new pilot program, we get them from running and we um, we continue, we, we do a bit of pre-season uh, testing and um, a racing behind closed doors. We then can kick on with a, a major location as our first one in 2022. Um, in parallel to that airspeeder, the crude racing series will start to grow and yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll be um, pushing pilots through that program as well which is another which is a 
whole other rigor and test because these pilots will have backgrounds in Formula One, MotoGP, military, um, and uh, and even astronauts as well coming into that extreme sports too because takes a certain person to be on board one of these and fly it um yeah i can imagine they look intense and extreme any thoughts about bringing a, a flying car like um grand prix over to dublin or ireland at some stage we've lovely scenery you could fly around like the, the cliffs of moho or down in Kerry. yeah i was thinking glendalock i used to live in dublin so uh i was thinking down there and uh yeah um <laughs> yeah absolutely i think i think we want to show the world i think internally we always say that everybody on earth we think everyone on earth is going to is going to watch flying car racing at least once, at least once, um, and that's what we want to do. So I think when we start to do a world tour and we start to do um, showcases, it, yeah, Ireland's going to be on the on on the map definitely. Very exciting. If anybody's interested in following where everything is coming from and where you're at, where can they go online? Um, all the usual suspects. So we have a YouTube channel, website, and um, and Instagram um, and Twitter. Always, always up for for new subscribers, guys. But but yeah, I think you hit those. Um, you you get all the latest from us, and yeah, we're always putting out content of our either our latest test flights, um, a lot of the science and tech going on behind the scenes and some of the ambition as well, what we want to do. So yeah, you'll find, you'll, and there's also really some amazing renders and graphics from our team. So uh, yeah, check us out on that. Yeah, head on over to airspeeder.com and check it out. And the future is going to get very, very exciting, very fast and very uh, crazy very soon. But Stephen, it's been a pleasure talking to you and uh, keep in touch. And if you're bringing it over here, uh, yeah, give us a shout. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. And Sir here chatting there recently about those um, you know, strange fetishes you've had, but one that's always like a popular one. And Saoirse, you've had this before where men have gotten in touch with you looking for feet photos, haven't they? Yeah, I've gotten offered um, 50 euro per foot. And then a guy turned around and said, if you let me come into the studio, I will give you 150 euro to massage your feet. And she took that 150 and has had the time of her life with it. No, she, uh, she, she obviously didn't, right? But where do fetishes come from? Is there a biological or scientific explanation as to why some people, especially when it comes to like things like foot fetishes, is there a reason that science can help explain or inform us as to why cer- certain people have foot fetishes? Well, joining us now, someone who's been giving incredibly entertaining and informative explanations on his TikTok which has blown up he's a science educator he's a biologist he's a very educated man and wants us to learn a little bit more about science and not in a boring way we are delighted to welcome onto the show Forrest Valkyser how are you? I'm awesome thank you so much for having me thank you for coming on now foot fetishes they are more common than we believe yeah yeah they're incredibly common and I'm, in fact they're the most common fetish in the world uh, pretty much and I am shocked at how much you're being offered I wish I was getting those kind of offers I get so many creepy messages and if I was getting offers for that man I could change my career yeah, I mean, I'm not going to write it off just yet. I haven't taken them up on the offer, but, um, you know, a little bit more would be be nicer. But why feet? There's a few hypotheses on that one. And the one that uh, I get got taught through, through uh, my schooling and the one that's very common and popular is uh, that it's just kind of some, for, to use very layman's terms, some wires getting crossed in the brain. Not to say this is a damage or a bad thing or anything like that, but... Uh, 
when you uh, when you look at your brain, you've got all these weird noodles all over it, and those noodles are called gyri. And everybody's brain noodles are a little bit different. It's kind of like a fingerprint. There are certain landmarks and and structures that are ubiquitous across all brains, and one of those is the central sulcus. It's this dividing line that goes right down the middle of your brain and divides the the frontal lobe, the front part of your brain, from your parietal lobe right there on the top of your head. And right there along that dividing line. You've got this place called your somatosensory cortex, which is the major area where you feel physical sensations. And if you want to look it up online, you can. There's a thing called the cortical homunculus, which is this really cool and very creepy diagram of uh, all the different parts of your body and how they're represented on that cortex. Uh, the different sizes of these things, how many neurons are dedicated just to feeling in these areas. So you can see like your tongue and your lips and your hands are hugely represented. You have a huge amount of neurons there, a whole, whole bunch of nerves dedicated just to feeling things there. And right in the middle, your genitals and your feet are right next to each other. These two areas of the brain are just bumping right up against each other. So a very popular theory on how these things happen is that these areas of the brain just kind of get mixed up a little bit. They, they Some wires get crossed. And just how, like when people walk into bright lights, sometimes they'll sneeze because these facial nerves kind of get messed up. Maybe getting your toes touched and getting your genitals touched or seeing someone's genitals and seeing someone's feet are kind of just a similar sensation in the brain. Now that's, again, that's only one. There's a lot, this is something, you know, this, this video went really well on TikTok, but like, there's only so much that we can fit into 60 seconds. There's a lot of other really cool ideas about how these things might work. Um, one other one, for example, is if you look at trends in uh, when there are big STD outbreaks, big STD scares like uh, syphilis outbreaks throughout American history, foot fetish material went through the roof. So we're like, maybe there's some sort of correlation here where if you have some sort of an STD scare, then all of a sudden you develop this foot fetish. And the thinking is that like this is a super safe way to have intercourse that's non-penetrative and... Uh, keeps you safe just to say just to do you mind if i just jump in there because it's funny that you mention that because literally our health service here a couple of days ago announced that there has officially there is now an official outbreak of syphilis in ireland at the moment so it's funny that, that you have mentioned that yeah there was a warning going around that now there's an outbreak of syphilis so by that kind of regard then is it possible to suggest that maybe we're going to see an increase here in dublin and in ireland with um foot fetish interest citizen scientists in ireland should be keeping track of that you should be checking it out go online and figure it out and like it's <laughs> honestly that would be fascinating to see that kind of data yeah, absolutely another thing that people talk about is uh there might be some sort of like childhood pavlovian conditioning something to do with maybe even an epigenetic thing uh we see that all the time in like rats when we see like the way that they're groomed as babies influences their behaviors as adults even sexual behaviors um and then my favorite one i'm an evolutionary biologist this is like my the coolest uh, uh then that i don't have a tremendous amount of data on but i think it's so awesome is that maybe these fetishes are like vestigial leftovers from our evolutionary history that when you uh you know when you look at how behaviors evolved dopamine plays a huge role because it's not enough to just not die you need to actively live properly so we have dopamine releases in our brain when we do beneficial healthy good things and there's some evidence to, to suggest that maybe like playing with your foot playing with your butt playing with your genitals playing whatever has some sort of response to maybe being clean or maybe being like uh, hygienic and healthy and, and, and uh, checking your body for parasites or whatever else 
that could have helped you survive on the savannah 200,000 years ago. So there's all sorts of really, really cool ideas of how these things work. The one that I put on TikTok happens to be the one that I learned in school several different times, but it's one of my favorite ones. But it's it's fascinating just how these, these fetishes pop up in people, and we don't have all the answers yet. But the more we learn, the more exciting it becomes because the more we realize there's so much new data here, so much information to be studying. And what a fun thing to study. Very fun. But okay, I'm just going to bring it back a little bit. There's not girls asking for pictures of guys' feet. Let's be honest. Everybody's into everything. I, I think that the, the, the more we find, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a slant somewhere. But like the, the more I meet people uh, and, and my job as an educator, as a science communicator, I meet a lot of people and boy, do I get some emails. But like the more I meet people, the more I realize that everybody, everybody likes everything. There's there's something for everybody else. Is there anything with regard to, I imagine hundreds of thousands of millions of years ago when we were maybe more ape-like and hands and feet were very much the same. Is it, Could there be something from that? That, you know, because hands are very, can be a very intimate thing that, you know, you caress someone's face, they can be very stimulating. But, you know, we... Back then, if we were on all fours, we were kind of like um, had four hands or four feet or whatever it is. Could it be something left over from that as well? So that, that's a phenomenal hypothesis. That's, that's a great way of thinking. Uh, we haven't uh, really had like opposable toe-thumb situations going on for almost four million years. But like for sure, like there's still a tremendous amount of, of, of sensation there. The the hands, the, uh, the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet are some of the thickest skin on your body. But your digits, the, the, the very extremities, your fingers and your toes, um, are still packed full of neurons. So it's, it's entirely, I shouldn't say neurons this way, of nerves. Um, mm. It's the same thing, but the different connotation. They're, they're still packed full of nerves, incredibly sensitive, especially around your fingernails, your nail beds in there. So like, it's entirely possible that has some sort of tie-in. That's a great, great hypothesis. So what else have you discovered? What else did you find when you're looking into this? I have found, it's, it's one of those cool things about science that the, the more we learn, the more we learn that there's more to learn if that makes any sense. There are dedicated sexologists, people who have PhDs just studying human sexual behavior that still, you know, kind of throw their hands up and say, we're just not sure yet. So like the, the coolest thing that I've discovered about this is that for all the answers that we do have, there's, you know, 50 questions for every single answer. And that's not unique to this. I don't want people thinking that this is something that we just have no idea about. That's the same thing in literally every kind of science. The more we learn, the more we realize there's so much more cool stuff to find out. And I think that's the best thing, not only about this, but any science that I teach is that anything you hear me say, you can go off and read 20 books about it and still have a bunch of questions. And it'll be so much fun. Somewhere out there is something incredible waiting to be learned. And you could be the person to learn. Uh, if you've just tuned in, by the way, we're chatting to evolutionary biologist Forrest Falkai. And we're really up in the game when we're talking about some of these uh, smutty fetish things. OK, this is very much a highbrow conversation. So, so don't be worried. And um, is there any other, again, apart from just feet? fetishes and foot fetishes is there any other kind of fetishes that you've looked into from the lens of a biologist none that i've really played with too much um i I can say that there are a tremendous amount of really cool researchers that do look into these things and and that you should go check them out and check their credentials before you hear them talking because for every one actual scientist who learns these things there's 50 different you know people who live in their mom's basement who are like, I know a thing or two about wars. And it's, you know what I mean? So just got to check. But like the evolution of human behavior it, overall, sexual and non-sexual is, is a fascinating thing. And what's really cool to think about, there's a, a, a thing called an extended phenotype, which is to say uh, you have your genes, your genotype, your DNA, what that's all about. So I'm, I'm 
six foot two and absurdly skinny. That's the result of my, my genes. That's my phenotype. Um, behaviors that are instinctual or something ingrained within us, that's a part of our DNA too. Our DNA, our, our, our behaviors are a part of our phenotype. And what we do in the world is a part of our DNA as well as part of our phenotype. So like a beaver building a dam, you can argue that that dam is part of that beaver's DNA. And everything that happens as a result of that dam, the river's changing, the landscape changing, is part of that beaver's DNA. That's its extended phenotype. There are really cool arguments that say that things like tool making, building cities, are part of human DNA. That the way the world looks now is the result of our DNA. And when you take that that really, really cool science out of certum, say, yeah, no, people people wanting pictures of people's feet, that's all part of your DNA. That's the extended phenotype. That's a part of human nature. That's that weirdness, that little pocket of the internet that makes everything just that much more strange. That's all part of the human experience. That's the human spark that makes the world wonderful. And then in terms of fetishes alone, do you think most people have one? You know what? I it, it, It's hard to say because when we do research on these types of things, same thing as when we do research on homosexuality or on, on, on you know, uh, being trans or on, on fetishes, any of these, these uh, research into sex, we're asking people to be incredibly detailed about very intimate things with complete strangers, usually about things that are considered taboo. It's kind of hard to, to really pin anything down. But the cool thing is, the more we do this research, the more we find that everybody's got something kind of strange. And what's interesting, and I, I use the word strange colloquially, it's, you know, none of this is really strange when you think about it. But there is some interesting, you know, you asked, is there any other fun fetish facts? You brought one to mind. There was a book published a little while ago, I believe in 2018, called Tell Me What You Want, that was just a, a compendium of, of research about fetishes and stuff. And uh, one of the coolest studies in there, the one that I love the most, they uh, they tried to find a correlation between people's fetishes and their political alignments. And they didn't find a super strong one, but there was a little skew. And this is an American study, so I don't know how this correlates. I know, uh, you know the most liberal Americans are pretty much like centrists everywhere else in the world, but they found that very liberal Americans who were interested in things like feminism and equality also tended to be more interested in like BDSM and domination and, and, you know, ownership of a person. Meanwhile, conservatives who are all about traditional family values and, you know, you know a, a faithful marriage, they also tended to be just a little bit more interested in like exhibitionism and wife sharing and threesomes and cuckoldry. So like the the general way of thinking is just like, we like a little bit of taboo. We like what we can't have. We like what we're not supposed to, as long as it's in good fun. And uh, I think that what we're trying to do in this century is remind everybody that as long as it's consenting adults, not hurting anybody else, who gives a shit? Or crap, sorry, on air. Who gives a crap? Don't worry, you are fine. Don't, you're absolutely fine. Uh, I mean, the, the, the lesson I got from that was that everyone is, is lying on the outside and hiding who they really are inside. Something like that, but a lot nicer, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> all making sense now uh, listen Forrest thanks a million for giving up your time um, fascinatingly interesting I know you post a lot of this online uh, and share a lot of these kind of insights online where's the best place someone can connect with you and follow you uh, my biggest platform is TikTok we uh, broke uh, half a million followers not too long ago so if you want to go check me out there I post a tremendous amount of videos about evolutionary biology other really cool things in science debunking pseudoscientific nonsense did not think that foot fetishes are what we're going to make the channel as big as it was, but my God, I'm happy about it. Uh, and then also, if you're interested in any of my other work, check me out on YouTube, where we're posting more videos there, uh, debu- uh, or tearing apart children's science kits and you know, reviewing them to see if they're worth the crap. 
Nice, nice. And sorry, just your your TikTok handle is Renegade Science Teacher. Uh, I've, I've been teaching science here in America for almost a decade as an informal educator, and I got real tired of people telling me what not to teach because I live in the middle of America, and so uh-huh. they don't want to learn about the age of the Earth or about how evolution mm-hmm. works. Renegade Science Teacher is my way of teaching science that matters in a way that kids actually learn, rather than some old, outdated '90s lesson plans. Yeah, thanks a minute for popping on for us, and we will chat you again soon. Thank you guys for having me. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.